All right, friends. So there's all kinds of things out there blooming and fruiting and burying and all of that. And it's time to start collecting that and taking advantage of the natural emergence of nature. So Mm. let's talk about that today. Hey, friends. Welcome to The Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned, everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. So I went to an herb conference with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago, and it was the best thing ever. And it was like being in a room of people who already knew me because... They were comfortable with me talking about plants it was like your kindred in an out-of-control kind of way. Like there was nothing else <laughs> on the planet to talk about. <laughs> Definitely kindred spirits, bosom buddies, all the things. It was easy and fun and inspirational, and I'll probably never not go. But that said, it, it just left me in, totally inspired with, you know, there's just so much around us to all the time. And I think just getting more and more attuned to that is my goal. You know, we've talked a little bit about that with the year of Shemitah the rest year that we've been taking that, you know, we wanted to get more familiar with the plants around us that we don't have to cultivate that are just there waiting for us. What they're, what they're trying to tell us about, you know, maybe what's lacking nutritional wise and, and, or mineral wise from the soil, what maybe we're lacking. I mean, maybe they're there just cause we need them. Right. I know. I love that idea. Like the plants that emerge on our property in how, like if you think about plants that emerge in like soil to heal soil, mm-hmm. can plants emerge on your property to help heal you? Oh, oh. I mean, I feel like duh. Right? right. Like I think we think of ourselves as so separate, like we're walking around in a different plane than the rest of the world, the yeah. rest of the earth. It brings back that question of like, are we part of nature or outside oh, of nature? Oh, we're not outside of it at yeah. all. I mean, we think we are. I think. Right. Maybe our brains. Maybe that's the air like in humanity. The, right. air, the air. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, how do we regain some of that connectedness and and then also harness it? for our own benefit. So what's growing around us? I think we can talk about that. Maybe maybe some of the same things are growing around you. I imagine they are. And there are some things that are pretty kind of common throughout all of North America, which I think the majority of our listeners are in North America. But if you're further away, please share with us some of the things that you're finding right now too. I always tell Drew, I would feel very handicapped if we like upped up and, and moved to a different eco region because I would feel like a, I didn't, you know, I didn't have my foundation under me of understanding the plants and things. It's taken us years to really feel like we have a, a good grasp on what grows around us naturally. I mean, I kind of want to move to a different trying. eco region just to like <laughs> learn it all again. I feel like we spent so much of our life not quite paying attention to it to the level maybe, that we do now. Maybe, maybe it'd be easier to learn just because we're already familiar with like species and yeah it's kind of like the other day driving home i was like i'm probably i I will confess i do this but like i drive i'm generally looking at like pastures and landscapes and judging and and judging judging for sure (laughs) but also like species you know like it's almost like driving by friends now. I'm like, you know, yeah. from from the grass to the trees. I'm like, oh, hello, <laughs> oh wow, that tree. I haven't seen that tree in a while. You know, mm. like, and out of the shuve, which is our lease land property, we're gonna have to talk about that Ooh, someday. That would be a good someday. one. There's this giant hackberry tree that Lacey is like kind of obsessed with, and 
She keeps saying we gotta harvest the hackberries. We gotta harvest. Don't make that we weird have face. we have hackberries on our property, but they don't yeah. produce berries. Really. But yesterday I went by this one and it's loaded in berries, and I was like, Did "Oh you go my by? goodness!" Yeah. So it's just the hackberry one has me just thinking. Like I don't really know why we need hackberries, but we were. I was at a clickety con- clackberry. Give me a hackberry. I, no, I do not know that rhyme. But I was at a consult yesterday also, and I was tell- telling the guy, I was like, "Yeah, hackberries are." He was talking about cutting down the hackberry trees. I was like, no, you need those. Those are really good for you. And he had no idea. So and was, forage for animals. Yeah. I mean, no, 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 I no. And I mean, we actually, maybe we'll do this in our next episode. We're going to talk about quote unquote invasives, but right now we're not. And and I think hackberries are a really good example of something. That, are they considered invasive? No, but I think there are other plants that people have planted that have kind of you elbowed out the space for hackberries yeah. and it's like time for people to re bring back the hackberry bring back the hackberry. that needs to be a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> i love it i don't think they're in any kind of like problem yeah risk but but yeah i mean i think just the knowledge of them i mean they're here they're kind of not dominant but they're not uncommon and we need to know about them yeah so do you know what a hackberry looks like that's your challenge from right? this podcast yeah. to make sure you get familiar find with your hackberry, hackberry trees find so hackberry. our ecological region is the southeast Piedmont. Zone 7B. Zone 7B. So if you're in a different place, some Which of the Which those stuff, are changing, right? Right, yeah. We used to be 7A not too long ago. I think we're on our way to 8. We'll see. Oh, then we could grow some olives. I know. I kind of like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Get it hotter. <laughs> um, okay, so when I think wild foraging, my current favorite is black cherries. Yeah. Which is kind of a weird one because they can also kill cattle. (laughs) Also, that guy, same guy was cutting all his black cherries out. But black cherries, I don't even know medicinally. Like, I know they're good for you, but the main reason I like them is because you make that blackberry or black cherry syrup syrup, and they're just fun to pick and they taste good, like right off the tree. Yeah, they do. And they're fun. They're kind of like a special little surprise you see out there. Which makes me think of autumn olive now. Oh, I actually did want to, so a, f- a friend at the Herb Conference, she shared the idea of making autumn olive wine. And yeah. I, I just had this panic a moment ago thinking, oh, we missed it. They were probably going We need to go now. out to Stephen and Kevin's property. They, and had <laughs> they had a ton of them. Oh, they just got mentioned on the podcast. Yeah. They're going to be so hey excited. Guys. Um, anyway, so yeah. autumn olives are an invasive, quote unquote. We'll talk about that in a different call. But so, you know, if you find them. Pull them out. So but what was the thing? They black have, cherries. What are they good for? You yeah, did ask that, and yeah. I was just going to hit on it. I okay. think most berries, most things, like when you think about, and this is just my own personal relationship with berries, but they're like absorbing the sun. The more in the sun they are, the tastier they are. Mm, yeah. And the sun just makes me think of like vitamin C. Most berries, Not I think, vitamin D. Most, no, I don't know why. Vitamin C makes me think of the sun. Vitamin hmm. D, I don't know. It makes me think of fish oil. <laughs> um, <laughs> makes me think of milk. <laughs> milk, yeah, yeah. And, you know, vitamin C is is really, really a incredible tool for us. And the more we get, the healthier we are. And there's really no, like, limit to how much vitamin C we should have. Yeah, even, like, you look at those studies, like, especially when the old Rona was coming out, mm. like, the amount of vitamin C they were saying you could, you know, like, how, what was it, like, a 1,000 milligrams or something? I mean, I like, remember, yeah. yeah, there's some crazy things, like, even 
treating cancer oh, with yeah. like well, a that for large years, amounts. intravenously, I mean, large amounts of vitamin C have yeah. shown to be effective. So, you know, That's not a doctor or anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you do you. But anyway, so yeah, berries and vitamin C, I think go hand in hand and they always generally make good jellies and jams and, yeah. and things you can spread on toast in the middle of winter that make your heart warm up, you know, like, so I just think about berries that way in general. I think the reason black cherries are like not commercialized is because they are you like, can't pick them in they're like 90% pit. Yeah, too. they like, are. There's like nothing in them that you can, you, you can't, yeah, yeah commercially yeah, okay. and that's the truth of most of the forageable items. Exactly, that grow that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, you can say it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think about native persimmons, right? Like right. we don't find our native persimmons in the store. Nah, because you you like they're by the time they taste good, they're rotten. On they're, the they're on the ground. You're like fighting the deer off. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you if you can get any before the deer do, they're literally half rotten, and you like there's not going to last to take right. to a shelf and yeah sell them commercially, but. You know, so the Fuyu persimmons are the ones that you'll see because they just have a better shelf life. Yeah. They're more commercially marketable. And that's, you know, why most of the things that are easy for us to find in the woods are not considered like a farming kind of item. I mean, even when we're talking about like hickory nuts and that kind of thing, like they're just not easy to process and, but they have, they're very high in, in value when it comes to nutrients and their density. And a lot of that in large part is because they haven't been screwed with. Right. You know, yeah. like, so a lot of the fruits that are for market have been highly interfered with in terms of like genetic, genetic modification, whether it's even just hybridization to maximize its marketability and looks and at the same time diminishing its nutrient potential. So anyways, back to what we can find right now, there are some other things outside of berries. There's a lot of things when we drive back down the road. So even if you don't have a property to, you know, look around on your own property, there's lots of things that you can spot on the road elderberries are now ripe if you can get to those before the birds and they're often in roadside ditches alongside things like mullen and sumac elderberries are called the gatekeepers of the woods which i always feel is like such a cool like Mm -hmm. i think it was like pagan tradition they would like weave them actually into gates to to like pass through to go into the woods really yeah like growing ones yeah growing ones they would like make them yeah like I picture. They like, probably were I read really just about doing it. it to get it out of the way because it's so brambly that it's maybe like, like I read about it in a book, but the way I pictured it was almost like Celtic weaving. Yeah, you know, like an archway I going I in. Try. I know. I kind of want to do it too. Not for the pagan way, just to have a gateway into the car <laughs> into the woods. <laughs> oh right, right, right. But we'll yeah, put a sign on this. This right. isn't for not, pagan use. Not pagan. Only yeah. non-pagans <laughs> right. can go through this gateway. Yeah. Oh, sorry, we're being silly. Um, anyway. Okay. Then you mentioned mimosa is a another one. Oh, mimosa. I didn't and I've mimosa. seen mimosa blooming it's, everywhere right now. I think right it's now. almost done though. Yeah. Which mimosa is a tasty tea. The flowers make a tasty tea. It's like a relaxant, right? Very like, calming and soothing. Yeah. yeah. A little bit like passion flower. Yeah. And I forget, I just learned about the family that it's in and I don't remember now. But anyways, yeah, so mimosa and, and mullen is what I mentioned maybe. Mullen, yeah. So mullen grows out of the ground. You'll see it's got a big circular tuft of big fuzzy leaves and then when it flowers it shoots out a flower that's like five feet tall often it, it, like to me i picture it as like a firework almost like oh, you know like it's, it's exploding like yeah it's like middle. shooting straight up to me it's from just the middle very phallic very <laughs> <tall>. yeah. either <laughs> way <laughs> sorry 
Uh, at least he snorts. Anyway, so yeah, mullen, mullen leaf, mullen flower, uh, mullen seed, all of those are actually highly medicinal and extremely good when it comes to respiratory stuff. So in this, you know, we first learned from my friend Sandra and then, you know, we just learned more and more and more. There's lots of ways you can use it. In fact, last couple weeks ago, Drew uh, exposed himself to too much what were you using the concrete, side grinder? Concrete dust. On concrete, yeah. yeah. And that got into his lungs, and he was really struggling for a little bit. Yeah. And so Mullen, we we just smoked it in a pipe, and it seemed to really help clear that up. And I was a little phlegmy. Is that why you were smoking it? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, honestly, it pretty quick took, took care of that because I had been struggling with that for a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, Sandra had given me a tincture of it, like... Yeah. A couple of years ago when I was having respiratory problems mm-hmm. and it helped like immediately and mm-hmm. I was kind of blown away by how quick it helped. So a tincture is you're just soaking. Is that the leaves that you use for that tincture? You, you can really do any of the parts of it, but the leaves is what I would use just because yeah. it's usually what I So you just soak it in like a vodka or some sort of like clear alcohol and that like extracts the medicinal qualities from it. And then you can just take like a few drops under the tongue mm-hmm. and it made a huge huge mm-hmm. difference and then you know one of my favorite and simplest ways to use it is just gather the leaves they're very they feel dried already when they're you pick like them thick very thick yeah. and fuzzy don't confuse it with lamb's ear i think lamb's ear is still a very medicinal plant but it's just different and take that mullen leaf and you can dry it on your counter i mean it it literally feels dried when you get it but it will shrivel up a little bit more and then you can burn it a lot like a sage um yeah. and and then you inhale that smoke and that alone is really really good and we've given that to some friends who were struggling with covid and especially with the respiratory parts of it and they had extreme relief just from doing that so um so yeah mullen is a really powerful potent friend and it's found pretty much in a lot of like disturbed areas and wasteland kind of areas areas where just you know it's yeah. neglected, I would say. And then the last one that we had on the list that I think would be good to talk about is plantain. Mm. So plantagio major and plantagio minor are like... Plantago. Plantago. Plantagio. You're Which adding... One? Plantago. You're adding... Yeah, yeah. plantago. Those are the two major ones. However, like when we've been doing these pasture consults, I've been... There's like... 12 different species of plants. Oh, there's so many plants. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. In our area, that's it. And because we've been mentioning it, it's also considered a not native plant, which I find very entertaining. Okay, but so it's a naturalized plant. So there's a bit of a difference. Oh, you're going to go naturalized? I'm gonna, yeah, naturalized. <laughs> it's got its citizenship? Yeah. We let it in. We let it in. We're saying, okay, fine. You can say The Native it. Americans called it the white man's footstep. Yes. Yeah. Or path or something. Yeah, because it basically just shows up everywhere white man has ever gone. So the British brought it with them when they came to America because they knew how powerful it was. And it seeds very easily. So it would just, wherever they were, they, I'm assuming they tossed the seed out their front door. They're like, we need some plantain here. So they would throw it out. So now you can kind of trace the path of the white man. We have a, we have a plantago path. We do. path. And and so that's one of those examples. Intermixed with that beautiful poison ivy. I know, right? No, it's, (laughs) yeah. So actually, so poison ivy, we'll have that on a different conversation. Also an invasive, probably considered naturalized, but we can talk about that later. So plantain is growing in a lot of the areas of our garden area and right next to our doorstep, literally. 
where we step off our porch and go to the cars over and over and over again. And it's one of the plants that pops up and I say, this plant thinks I need it, right? Right. <laughs> and planting is cool because you can eat it just like lettuce. It's a little bit stringy though. You'd want to get very tender new growing leaves, but but you can. You can eat it like lettuce. You can cook it like spinach. You can also make salves with it. It's very healing and soothing. It's one of those tools that basically when you look, when you're out in the woods, just know where the nearest plantain patch is because you immediately have this first aid kit right at your disposal. If somebody gets stung or has any kind of wound, really stinging is usually the biggest emergency when you're out in the woods, but grab a plantain leaf, chew it up, get it really good and gooey, and then put that on the area and it will suck out the toxins and really promote healing and soothe the area. So plantain is just a really powerful tool for for wound care in general. Yeah, I remember that herbalist at Homesteaders was saying that it's also good for abscessed teeth. Mm. Like he said, you can pack chew it, it and chew it, it up and like pack it around the abscessed teeth and it'll like pull out the infection. Mm-hmm. Which that's... He also said what mineral is super high in and now I cannot remember. But but it, I, you know, and I'm like into that, but also it gets in more into the like sciencey part and yeah. I'm much more in the it lore, just works. The lore side of, right, of yeah. things is how I yeah. like, how <laughs> right. I relate to plants. Yeah. <laughs> I know I can remember like that whole white man's footstep thing, but I don't remember no, what, what no. it what the like <laughs> minerals are in it. No, I can't for yeah. the life of me. And it's probably like plantoon or something right. like super easy. But yeah, so plantain is definitely one of those ones that I would and it's also when you see it, it's a lot like dandelion. When you see it, it's doing something to heal. The property grows in very compacted soils and helps drum those up and, and make way for more good things to grow there. So so yeah, you can't have too much plantain. So I think our challenge basically is like, those are some things in our ecological region, but like, if you're not around here, go and find out what is like, find Mm. some top three, familiarize yourself with like, yeah, familiarize yourself with like a couple this, this year and then wait until fall and find something else. I would say this year, Each like season. look at it every season. Yeah. Walk the season. same path every season. Yeah. Because when you walk the same path every season, you become more and more familiar with what's on it. And you'll notice yeah. things differently the next time. It's like looking at the same Lars Waldo picture over and over again. Eventually, you just know where everything is. You know where Waldo is. We know where Waldo is. Yeah. Like it's not. And I, I think what I would say is if you don't know, you, there's like some apps you can use, but also post it in our group mm. and um, post what you're finding and let us help you identify it or just share some of your favorites in there either way would be great i love plants yeah i guarantee you Lacey will be talking to you about it all the plants all the plants even the plants that go outside and come back inside yeah all right well if uh you need help on the homestead we'd love to help you help you figure out what affordable plants you have help you come up with a plan for your homestead all of that is included in the homestead audit you can go to the schoolhouselife.com It's at the top. Schedule your audit, and we'd love to talk with you. Thanks for listening.